Vineyard. <laughs> Hello, Vineyard. How's it going? Good. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How yeah. about with you? I'm doing well. It's uh, it's good to be back. Uh, last week, I was in Texas with uh, my wife and uh, Kurt, Micaiah, Rachel, and Billy and Angie there. Billy and Angie were leading uh, some nights of worship uh, at Leon Springs Baptist Church. So they invited us to go with them and help with that. So that was a lot of fun. So, yeah, if we haven't had the podcast on for the last couple of weeks, um, I had some buttons pressed that shouldn't have been pressed, didn't press buttons that should have been pressed, and I also wasn't here for one of those. So, But we should be back to our regularly scheduled Hello Vineyard Wednesday night programming for the uh, next few weeks. Anyway, there was an important announcement. Would you like to make it? Or oh, yeah, yeah, because like we were just looking. So I think the... Uh the first Wednesday in August is August 3rd or 4th. Now, I don't have my calendar open. but uh, And we're going to start a new thing on Wednesday nights um, online, and, and we're calling it um, Vineyard on Tap. And what I've asked is I've asked the, uh, the staff pastors to start coming up with uh, messages, and um, we'll record them earlier in the week. It won't be, won't be live, per se, but uh, you won't know. They're going to be up here on the platform. Uh, they have so many things to say, and there's so much going on, and... Um, because I kind of hogged the pulpit on the weekend, uh, they don't get very many opportunities. And I've been praying a long time about how to create those opportunities. And so we thought this would be a good format. Uh, I'm still going to keep the Vine Press Hello Vineyard thing happening. It will just go at different times. Well, and, uh, we, we record this Tuesdays at 10 o'clock. Right. So that's actually, we're going to do it live now. Okay. So we'll do it live here. We'll just do it, record it, and be done with it <laughs> right then and there. So it'll be Tuesdays at 10. And obviously, you'll be able to go back and access it whenever, uh, whenever you want. So yeah. if you still wanted to watch this Wednesday nights, you could. Or you could see me or Fran or Georgina or whoever has something on the On Tap show. So right. Hello Vineyard is becoming Vine Press. And then, kind of, yeah. uh, you know, they're all Hello Vineyard, right? Yeah, sort of. Although, the on, we'll call the other one definitely Vineyard on Tap. Vineyard on Tap? Uh, I like that. On Tap at the Vineyard? On Tap. One of, the, one of those. One things. of the other, yeah. So what's on Tap at the Vineyard? And you'll get to hear, because they're great. They're all really good speakers. Um, I've heard them all, and, and uh, I enjoy them all when they speak. I just kind of, I always have something to say on the weekend. So, uh, and that's good, I think, that I'm this far in, and I've got, I can't. Sometimes I do in my in my head, and I think to myself, so I'm 61 now. I don't. I, I feel like I've got a lot in me. There's a lot in the tank. But, but let's see. I went. You know, even if I went full on 10 more years just to make it round numbers, that's only 520 more messages, and I got I got more to say than that. Only. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in contrast to the 30 years coming up, I'm on. You know, I'm 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 sort of. Yeah. No, I get it. There's a limit, right? But, you know, I could, I, I, I share some. But anyway, this will be a great opportunity for everybody to get some time. Here's somebody else. Here's some, you know, what's going on and, uh, and do some fresh stuff. And give the, the staff pastors an opportunity to speak, which I think is important. Definitely. So uh, that's what's coming up uh, with our podcasts and stuff. We're just adding another series. So this series is moving to Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Ish. Ish. But whenever we start, we're not going to like try to hit any. Because it's 10.28 right now. It's, we just started. We just started. That's okay. Mostly because we were talking about cameras. Well, we were, and someone was getting a little upset no, at me. Well. So. My tech people start telling me they have these dreams, and they start at one price. 
Well, well, and then that was a guess. And, and then the next thing I know, it's three times that price. And that was the after and, some evidence. And generally, that three times the price still isn't the real price. <laughs> it's what they think I no, can swallow. The, yeah. Well, let's use this price because maybe we'll see what he, how he reacts. <laughs> and then the actual price is this price. In order to get him to do anything, he likes the middle option. So, well, we, you know. You have to learn how to talk to your boss, and then learn how to take a little bit of abuse, just a little bit, just 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 a little so easy. Keep you on your toes. No, we we have a lot of uh, we're we're very blessed here. We have a lot of great stuff, and we can you know dream and come up with things and do these cool experiments to try out certain. Yeah, well, we do things. Things you might think it's, but we do things. We see things at really big churches, and we're like, ooh. How do we do that for like a tenth of for, the or, price? or less? Because and, and we're still right around that tenth. Yeah, and there's ways to do it. It's just like I see it. I go, well, what's that? And and you find out how they're doing it. You're like, well, we can't do that. No, so <laughs> but, let's, let's do some. What can research. we do? And um, so you know, God has blessed us in, in like a lot of the things. And you know, I, I'd say we're you know, we're a, a small church with big toys, and, cool uh, toys, cool toys, cool yeah, toys. Because there are bigger toys. Oh yeah, yeah. But we have very cool toys. And we like them. I, people, you know, people, you, um, my heart is to have people hear and receive the gospel message. And I want to, I want to make sure that people that are coming in here who haven't heard and received yet, we keep their interest until they do. A lot of people ask why you do all that. It's because it's. It's a way to keep people engaged because there's a there's enough wow factor in here that we keep that all just so we can get them to sit still long enough to hear the truth and that's it that's the reason behind it all it's fun I like it I mean you oh know, yeah um, but and we can do it lots of different ways but that's the that's the main reason these things are to get the attention of people um, who need to really get and hear it. And uh, and I think it adds to the experience of people that have already heard it. I like you know, I like something that's you know well done. Yeah. And uh, well, it makes a big difference when you know. I think not that excellence is everything, but quality matters. You know, yeah. like if the sound is bad, it's kind of distracting, really. Right. Right. So we do everything we can to make sure that the sound is at an acceptable you know level and sounds you know good and. It's the same thing with the aesthetics, you know. Right. It, it does matter. It's not the most important thing. It's never, no. like, at the top of our hearts. No. It's, it's always presenting the gospel. But right. trying to eliminate those distractions is always, that's always been my goal. Yeah. But, um, so we work very hard. And the whole online experience. So why yeah. we're doing this thing, the new Wednesday night, is that, you know, we have very carefully stewarded things so that we have some cool toys that allow us to do it with a level of... Uh, of quality that I think is very high. And so um, so we keep pressing on. Anyway, enough about us. Enough about us. We could talk about us for an hour. Well, yeah, yeah. if that was the deal. But that's not the deal. You don't really care that much. So yeah. <laughs> maybe you do. In, in which case, okay, great. Let's, uh, let's get on to our Vine Press questions. We got some good ones here on tap. You said in your sermon this last weekend, we are supposed to be salt and light and bear the image of God. Romans 1, 18-32 seems to be a good description of the entire Western world right now. When the truth is suppressed and unrighteousness everywhere, don't you think the truth, no matter how kindly told, uh, is it going to be very costly uh, to the truth-tellers? Paul suffered a lot for his truth-telling. Should we be getting ready for the same? <laughs> um, 
you're, I was saying in the Beatitudes this week uh, that these are the these are the ways that we live. The Beatitudes are Holy Spirit working in us, and that they're they're basically upside down from the culture. So Jesus is flipping them right side up, and that's why he says in the Beatitudes. Persecution happens. We shouldn't be surprised because when we start living right side up in an upside down world, there's going to be people that don't like it. And um, so, yeah, and I, I think we experience it, you know, persecution in levels. Now it could get could get way worse. Um, you know, I'm not going to like pray that, but uh, it's certainly worse in other places in the world than we have it. Um, but so our um, we're our persecution looks different in that. Um, people just, I think oftentimes they just consider us not very bright, uh, is how a lot of them deal with us, that, that we just don't, you know. And sometimes we probably earn that. But the, the scripture she, uh, that is being asked about there in Romans one eighteen, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness since they may be since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. All right. And then it goes on from there. And, it, um, so, and I'm actually, those verses will be in my message this week. I'm talking about that, and we're, we're going to get a look, good look at that. Um, the issue is that... We were created as human beings to reflect the image of God. We're the image bearers. That's what it means to be fully human. If, when we're fully a human, we're reflecting the image of God. We're operating in that royal priesthood that I was talking about. We're reflecting um, you know, God of the world, and we're reflecting the praise of God from the world back to God. Uh, and we're partnering with God to do the things he's called us to do. That's what it means to be fully human. What happens is... Um, Instead of reflecting the Creator, we, if we're not careful, we slip into idolatry and we start reflecting the creation. And that's the issue. And that's what Paul is really talking about there. And when we write that, you're coming against all those people who are thinking that they're reflecting the creation is the way it's supposed to go. So, yeah, there's going to be a, a natural... Um, problem there but our whole thing is we love those people we don't hate those people it's it's not this vengeance mindset that we tend to get it's how do we continue to live in the way of god's love that ultimately reaches people so that they can be uh, hear the truth because if you just instead of dealing with that issue which is what i'm talking about this weekend which is what people are reflecting we tend to go after the Sin thing, we name it, we point it out to people and say, that's your issue, that's your problem, and it's not. And, and then we just become critical and mean, and they shut us off. And, and that's, you know, that's really been the issue in the church, is that um, society has cut us off. They've muted us so that we don't have a voice in basically anything anymore. The, the, our culture has been secularized, which means just that. Put the church in its place, put them on mute, and... Let them have their way on Sunday mornings, but they don't, they don't make a difference anywhere else. Which is, it's not true, but it's what's happened. And our way back, the way off mute is to love well. That's the only way we get them to unmute. So, uh, so yeah, persecution comes from living this thing right side up. That's what Jesus was saying in the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, that was great. Next question. 
Another good one. Do you believe the desires for more or better possessions is really a longing to fill an empty place in a person's life? To what are you drawn when you feel empty inside? Do I, I believe Should that? Should we start pointing out sins? No, no, yeah. no I'll, I'll, I'll own mine right away. Um, yeah, there's, there's an emptiness in us. Uh, there's a longing in us because we know, it, deep down we know there's something more than what we experience. We get it. This is, the world has fallen. It's a broken world. We are, um, you know, we're, we're new creation people and praise God for that and we get tastes and stuff. But yeah, there's a, there's a, that we know our hope is out there and holding those things in tension is sometimes difficult. And so sometimes we try and fill those longings with other things. And I'm not saying all material things are wrong. I don't believe that. You know, my whole definition, uh, I've always gone under is, you know, if God blesses you material things, that's fine as long as they serve you. The moment your life becomes about serving your things, then you've got everything out of balance. And there's a lot of people consumed by their things. Um, and they spend their whole life now serving the things that they've acquired instead of allowing the things that God has blessed them to acquire serve them. There's a difference that you can think about. And then personally, what do I turn to? Absolutely, food. That's, I have to deal with that constantly because when I'm unsettled that's, that's what, what com- it's comforting to me it always has been uh, it led to me you know, it was in those my, little Reese's cups oh it? my gosh my 40s and you know <laughs> it, through my 30s and 40s up until the time I was 50 to be 100 plus pounds overweight um, and you know then at 50 I felt like the Lord was telling me to deal with it and so I, I've been dealing with it ever since you know and I'm I'm uh, I lost that that 100 pounds plus. Um, I still sort of fight in this 10, 20 pound range. As we all do. And I, I'm, uh, I think the last year, the COVID-19 gave us the COVID-20 pounds. Well, and I, I got every one of those. <laughs> I was 210 going into COVID. <laughs> I'm, I'm 230 on this side of it. But I'm working on it. So I have to, I have to really work on it. And so when I feel myself unsettled, um, I can't, I have to try and pray that food doesn't, isn't what I turn to for comfort. But, you know, that's a pretty natural thing. I, when I was a kid and discomforted, my mom, who was a great cook, would make me something to comfort it. And it was almost always food. Yeah. And uh, you, you kind of start to equate those things. So uh, there are worse things that people turn to for comfort. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I like stuff. But, yeah. but, like, you know, when you were talking about having to serve the things you own, I almost brought up my pool. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, last year it was great. Love the pool, and then this year it's just been like a battle to keep it maintained. So I was showing him a video of this. I call it Wally. This pool vacuum. You just put it in, and it's a little like Mars rover on the bottom of your pool. Starts cleaning up. I was like, oh, now I can enjoy my pool again. Yeah. I don't have to spend an hour dealing with the pool vacuum. Not, not that you know, it's a sin to vacuum your pool, no. but it's. <laughs> and it's really not about. You see, it's, yeah, yeah, well, I'm going yeah, yeah. to be talking more about what. What the problem is this week? I'm looking for. I think it's gonna. I think this weekend's message is coming. One could really set some people free. But you know, I think that about every. You think that about every message? Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, I can barely wait to share this. This is really good. <laughs> I just wanted to bring up my pool vacuum. There That's what I'm excited there you about. Did. Yeah, I did. I got it in there. So, all right, ready for another one? Got a sip of coffee. Good to go. Uh, This person's question is, they always hear the saying, following Jesus is going to cost you something. You mentioned in your sermon that we are now living in God's favor because Jesus died and resurrected. Since we are living in the grace and favor of God, it costs Jesus his blood. But what is the cost on each of us as the body of Christ? 
Jesus paid it all, so what is our cost in return? Is it simply just the belief? Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Here's the, the balance. It, it co- what it costs you is really nothing, it's, but it's everything. See, that's that thing, right? Because it, it costs us our, our doing it our way. That's the cost, is that, that we have to realize we're not God. He is. And we don't get to do it our way. We need to do it his way. Is there a cost in that? Well, sure there is. And, and there's persecution that comes from living his way. And there's these things. That's the cost. But the reality is we live in the grace and favor of God. And when you get a hold of that, nothing that you give up... Or, or whatever, really matters. It's really none of it is even compares to what he's done for us. And this is where life is. But the, the idea of, yeah, I think when Jesus dealt with a rich young ruler, right? He says, go give everything you have, then you can serve. And the guy, well, I can't do that. That was his cost. I don't think Jesus would have... The, the thing was, would the guy be willing to let go of all that stuff in order to follow Jesus? And he wasn't. That's really it. Are you willing to whatever he asks, knowing that that's where life is, and that's the big question. And so um, that would be the cost, is that you, it's, you don't get to do it your way. But your way isn't the right way anyway. His way is, but it's hard for us to let go of that. Again, these are the issues that we all face. That's why the, the kingdom of God message couldn't be received by so many people. It wasn't what they wanted. And um, that's how we get into trouble all the time. That's the other big point in this series I'm trying to get. It's not what you expect. It's something better and different. Um, but, but, you know, the, when Jesus says repent and believe the good news, he's, he's not talking really about stop doing those sins. He's saying you have to change the way that you think. That's the idea of repentance. Your, your, your thinking is what the problem is. Switch your, get your thinking right. Start thinking his way. And then, you know, by believing the good news, let's, it's going to be his way, not my way. That's the whole story. He's, he's got a way of redemption. He's got a way of doing things. The kingdom is here. And, and all these things are happening. We just need to sort of engage in the way he's done it. And then things begin to change in our lives. So that's kind of the cost is... Whose way do you want to do it? And you'd be surprised how strongly you want to do it your way. Yeah. We all like to do things our way. It's, and we want God to just do things our way for us. Like, Lord, please make this, you, you know. I, we, we, we've all done that, right? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> if there's an old it saying. It would be great if you could do this. Yeah. If, 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 there's a saying that goes along these lines. If you want to give God a good laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, seems kind of silly, doesn't it? Okay, next question. We got a, a few more on tap. Now, with this, there's two pieces of scripture. Do I read? When do you want me to read this one? Read the beginning of the scripture for the question. There's a question here, right? And you'll you'll one. segue me into this one. We read this after okay. you read it, and then we'll get in there. So uh, I'm supposed to uh, read, and uh, my dad will explain Psalm 115, 17, 17 and 18. Uh, what dead was David talking about? idol worshippers or others. Uh, they remember someplace else in the Psalms, David is praying for God to save him from something, and he says, if I'm dead, I can't praise you. Did the Jews believe in a resurrection for everybody, either to go to heaven or hell, or did they think that the pagans just ceased to exist? And that passage of scripture, uh, Psalm 115, 17 through 18, it is not the dead who praise the Lord, those who go down to silence. It is we who extol the Lord, both now and forevermore, praise the Lord. So you know, I'm, I'm the the 
let's see. The Jewish understanding of hell is more than I'm really comfortable talking about because I've studied it some, but it's certainly not my thing. What I do understand on the resurrection side is that the, the Jew, Jewish people believed in a resurrection um, for the Jewish people. And that at some point, this was what the idea of the kingdom was, was that a Messiah would come, wipe out all of the pagan nations, and, and would restore everything, which included a, everybody getting a resurrected bodies, uh, new bodies, and then Israel would go on again without all of that mess. That's, that's very short form of that idea, but yes. Um, and, and most likely they thought that once those pagan nations were gone, it wasn't so much uh, that they, they all went to hell. They were just kind of dealt with. They were done, kind of went silent. And, and it's along those lines, I think, to your question. But the reference in Psalm 117 and 18 to yes. them going silent, I think, is earlier in that same psalm. And, and there's a connection is made to idols being deaf and dumb. Go ahead and read that. So it's uh, 1 through 8, earlier in the chapter. Always go for context. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory, because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold made by the hands of men. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes and they cannot see. They have ears and don't hear, noses and they can't smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet they cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who will make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. Yeah, so anybody that trusts in those idols become like them, and you can see they're deaf, dumb, mute, silent. And I think that was the connection more than anything else. But, yeah, great question uh, on what that looks like. And certainly that's an interesting study if you guys want to do it, you know, Jewish concepts of hell, sheol, all those things. Good. Next cool. Next one. And these are both, we have two questions left, and they're both about Revelation, so always interesting. In Revelation, how do these seven seals fit in God's prophetic plan for us? Revelation, fascinating book. Uh, and, and the point that they're making is Revelation 6, when the, the lamb is who's worthy to open the scroll. And it comes, the way that they open the scroll, and uh, they go through a seal, and it opens the scroll, so, and then they hit another seal, and then more of the scroll opens. Then they hit another seal, and more of the scroll. And Jesus is the one who's worthy. And each one of these seals, something is happening. Um, here's the deal with Revelation. And there have been a couple of times in my, several times in my Christian journey when I thought I really understood Revelation. And my, my latest understanding of Revelation is that you really can't understand Revelation. Uh, because you, it's, 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 un, it, it's is it, as, see, because there's some really good theology about the sort of the most common belief now is really hardly any of it's happened after, you know, we're waiting on that beginning when, when there seems to be something that happens. I think it's in Revelation 4 when the church gets caught up. And, and, uh, and, and to heaven, we think that's like, a, that's, that's this idea of, of rapture and where does it happen? And, and, and that's a whole nother sort of thing that we could look at. And is, is that really how this thing works? So are we waiting for, for all of this then and we're in, in the season between it? Or um, there's, there's um, pretty good theology that each one of these seals is a time period in church history, and so we're well into them at this point. Some would say that all of Revelation has already happened, uh, except till, you know the very last little bit. Um, 
there's, there's all these different sort of ways of looking at it. And so you have to be very careful when you read Revelation to give God a lot of room uh, to continue to sort of work you through it and that there's parts of it that are very helpful. Uh, like I said, you know, one of my favorites now is Revelation 21. One, and, and the whole picture of what happens at the end. And those last two chapters of Revelation really do fit very nicely with the first two chapters of Genesis as a well of putting everything together. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, a fascinating study on, on how that fits and what's going on. And I'm, I'm not sure. I have opinions, but... But, you know, some of those opinions change depending on, you know, how they begin to fit and what it looks like. Um, For me, I found it much easier to sort of think about things that are happening through the feasts of Israel uh, and how they sort of lay things out. And that gives me time period that I think works better. This is just for me, um, that we're between, you know, um, Pentecost and trumpets. And what does that mean? Uh, and and how do the events unfold that we're waiting for? And I think we've you know, sometimes people uh, come up with an idea, and that idea becomes so well known that people go, "Well, this is an absolute," and it's just not that way uh, in in how some of these things happen, uh, and really how the whole tribulation happens and what that looks like, and is it pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib? You know, when does a rapture take place? All those things, and there's. Let me tell you that there's really good theology for every one of those ideas. Um, so uh, we have to process it easily and carefully. And, um, you know, we try and get pictures of how it looks. I like Revelation. as a, I love reading what's going around the throne right now. Uh, and so that always sort of excites me. I think that we, um, we get tastes of that. Um, you know, that would also lead to, you know, the way I try and teach about heaven and earth not being millions of miles apart, that this is something happening, you know, millions of miles away. There's just this thin veil between heaven and earth. Uh, and and it, it's like, uh, that's part of the picture. So it's, it's hard to understand exactly how all that stuff ties in. I know that's kind of a vague answer, but um, uh, that's about the best I can do. But some people say I'm too vague. But you know how the saying goes. Good one. That was from this weekend. Yeah, always end your discussions on Revelation with a joke. <laughs> okay, well, we got one more on tap here. Uh, this person's currently reading through the book of Revelation. Uh, there's so much they need to learn, as do we all. And they believe it is a book that isn't taught enough these days for reasons. Uh, in chapter 4, when John looked up to heaven... What do you think that the 24 elders, the seven spirits of God, and the four living creatures symbolize? Yeah. Again, a lot of sort of thought about who that is. And it's the time period thing is difficult. Because uh, it'd be nice to think that the 24 elders represent the tribes of Israel. Maybe the, the apostles. But... The apostles, like John, was still alive so when he wrote it. Um, so where is that happening? Do they represent... Uh, some people want to say, well, that's like angels. I don't think so. It, it seems pretty clear that those are people. Um, so what do they represent? I'm not sure. Uh, that's, and it's, again, it's one of those wide open sort of things where um, it could mean a lot of different things. Um, so I, 
I don't. Some of this stuff, you, you, it's just important to sort of get the scene. For me, the scene is in the throne. There's this amazing worship going on, and that's all that's on anybody's mind is the is what <laughs> let's worship. And then things are happening, right? Jesus comes, the Lamb that was slain, and woo, he's worthy, and yay, and what that means. I actually have a verse in my um, message this week from Revelation five, a passage, uh, and it's very cool because it ties into the um, royal priesthood. But I'll save that for the weekend. Um, so I'm not sure. The seven spirits, the sevenfold spirit, the seven spirit, there's a lot of different thoughts on that. One, I'm probably the, the main thought would be it's, um, that seven is the sort of number of perfection and it's a description of Holy Spirit. That that's what they mean by that whole thing. Um, uh, other people think it's other angelic beings or things. I'm not sure. Another possibility is in Isaiah. And um, Isaiah 11 You need a little help? No, I got it. Okay. So in Isaiah 11, and I've been having you read 10 and 11 a lot lately, right? The spirit of, this is verse 2, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will lighten the fear of the Lord. Some people think it's a reference to that because Isaiah spends, has a lot of throne room time, you know, Isaiah 6. That's going to be in my message in the next couple of weeks. Is it this week or next week? I don't know. I've got them both going in my head. So how do you get seven? The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. It happens to be seven. Um, it could be a reference to that. So Again, there's so many different things that it could be, uh, I, I would say, probably a lot of um, the scholars that I read would say it's, got a, it's a picture of Holy Spirit. You know, being perfect, um, but not sure. And the four living creatures, again, not sure. These are, and I think these are just, you know, God created a, a natural family and a supernatural one, right? And they had the same choices we had, apparently, because a lot of them chose to go the wrong direction. Um, but not these four living guys, whoever they are. And they're, they're pretty well described in Scripture. Lots of eyes, and they're hanging around, and their whole focus seems to be worship. Um, but they're, they're, one of them is, speaks into part of the unfolding things happening in Revelation, you know, seals, trumpets, bowls, whatever. Um, uh, and, and so, um, and they, you know, they could be the same thing, beings we've seen described in Ezekiel. There's stuff going on. So, uh, so, not sure, uh, but I think part of that, uh, that supernatural creation, um, if we're the natural creation of God, the super, there's a super, God created these angelic beings, too, um, whatever they would look like. And they had different roles and functions and apparently different appearances and of different types. So, uh, I think that's sort of along the way, but again, I'm not sure. So, I, I don't, you know, answers where I'm not sure, uh, they're, they're the best I can do. Revelation is, so people should read Revelation because it's fascinating. But, but I always want to encourage people, read it with an open mind. I've read it with a bias a number of times. And then I've tried to read it without that bias. And uh, it's more interesting that way. But, you know, and there's some things you can obviously connect to. You can connect to Daniel. There's a lot of things that we can connect to between the books. But I'm not sure that... Um, it's absolutely important that we know where we're at right now, just that we know what's coming. And, and I think that's the important thing. 
Great explanation on Revelation. If we were making a study guide, it would be Revelation. Well, right? <laughs> a vague look at Revelation. Yeah, vague, <laughs> you know what they say about Revelation. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That's what we should call it. Yeah. <laughs> and then not put anything in it. <laughs> that would be it. I like it. Wow. Okay. I wonder um, if we could sell that. I'm, somebody would buy it. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I don't think handful, so. whatever. We're, we're not going to publish that. This weekend, Are You Ready? Part 13. Sounds like you're ready. Uh, is there something we should look at heading into? You sort of hinted at several passages. Yeah, I hinted at quite a bit. Um, we're going to be talking about imaging a little bit. Uh, we did a whole series on that not long ago, but I'm trying now to sort of... I did those things leading up to this discussion. At least 13 weeks ago. At least. Uh, it was the one, was it the one? I think it was right before. I think one. you did, yeah, because uh, 2020 you did light, and then that segued into imager and training. And now we're one in. was about foundations. Are you ready? Well, you'd sort of... I don't remember anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm okay. pressing on. So, so you can <laughs> think forward. about Cosmic Temple a little bit, Genesis 1, and what was going on in, in creation, and, um, and then I want to tie the idea in uh, a little bit about imaging and the opposite of imaging, which would be idolatry, and how that's really the issue that we're dealing with, in the hopes that when we sort of connect with this, we won't be people of vengeance. We'll be the people of God's favor. That's my whole thing is if, if we don't get that, we, we lack compassion and that causes a whole other set of problems. Cool. Uh, worship this weekend. My wife, Kimmy, will be leading Cherry Blossoms. Oh, I love that One song. of our favorite vineyard songs. And then um, she's been asking Billy to do a song we did a couple years ago called uh, You Came, uh, Lazarus by the Helsers, John Jonathan and Melissa, they're from Bethel, so uh, that's one of her favorites. We'll be doing that one this weekend. Micaiah will be singing with us. She'll be doing uh, the song Your Nature by Carrie Job. Uh, I will be leading Come Thou Fount, Above All Else, by the Worship Initiative, a classic song. And then Angie's going to finish us up with Rest on Us. That was a new one by Upper Room and Brandon Lake, maybe Maverick City. Maverick City's like been writing everything, so... I don't remember all the artists for that, but the song is called Rest on Us. If you wanted to look those up for this weekend, you could. Uh, This has been the Hello Vineyard podcast. Download the app if you haven't already. Great place to get all things Keys Vineyard, uh, events, services, notes. Uh, We try to keep those updated. Somebody texted me. You had the wrong date on this last weekend's notes. The reason, the problem is the date was because that's the date I actually published the notes, which is the Monday before the weekend. So I don't know how to fix that. It it publishes not, it puts the date I publish them and I get them done early. Yeah, or up there all week. Huh. There's got to be a way to. Well, well, we will look into that. But if you ever notice, don't worry about the date. Just if it's the right number, then. 100% of the time we'll have the notes right 90% of the time. Correct. And 78% of all statistics are just made, made up. up on the spot. And, and honestly, I think we've only missed up once since we've used this whole new app. That's, I, well, we've messed up more than once. But on notes, on we've notes. only messed up yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On notes, I think one time we had the wrong... And we fixed that. <laughs> and it was yeah. on a Saturday night. And, like, we had I, I took Sunday. the blame for you, too. I was yeah. like, oh, I probably forgot to upload it. But No, I just had published it on the wrong week. Now I'm not taking the blame. No, no. That's, that's okay. So in, in no. order to make sure they're up, I published them on the Monday before. And that's right. the date that it looks like the notes are on. So... With that being explained, that, not that anybody really cares, but if you are wondering why the date is not quite right, that's the explanation. We yes. now provided it, and we may or may not look into fixing it, because the notes will be right regardless. So, anyway, 
any other announcements? Online Bible Institute. Keep checking that out. We will be live Saturday night uh, around 7 o'clock, Sunday morning, 8, 9.30, and 11. Uh, keep staying in touch. We love you guys.